Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Child Of. I know I've been gone for a while. I was actually gone for a lot longer than I anticipated. I was thinking, I know I'm just going to take a month off. And that turned into, I think it's been three months now that I've been gone. But I started a new job. Well, it was kind of a job that I had to learn on my own. It's online and I had signed up for a course on how to do this specific online work and I just really had to dive into it and not have any distractions because I get stressed out when I start something new. I don't know if you guys are the same way but I really have to like put all my focus in on it so that I don't like give myself a heart attack by trying to do too many things at once. But after three four months of being away I really missed just sitting down and talking about these things. Not that they're like fun things to talk about but I miss the community. I miss the messages that I always get from you guys and I am ready to dive back in and I have some stories to tell you guys from the time that I was away. So I'll start out with kind of a disclaimer that that May and June for me are really hard times of the year specifically because May has Mother's Day, June has Father's Day, and then um, it's my mom's birthday in May, then mine, and then my sister's in early June. So like this, these entire two months is just like I am constantly having to think about my family, which is not so great when your family isn't so great. I'm sure that you guys have times of the year that are like this, that are really difficult or that like give you massive anxiety. I know like the holidays like Christmas and Thanksgiving can be like that, but um, I know that birthdays can be like that. But my Lord, I swear everything just kind of falls on the same area of the year and I get the worst reactions around May, June time period. And um, my birthday is right in the middle of all all these other holidays like Mother's and Father's Day and like uh, scattered birthdays and it's so hard for me to enjoy my birthday amongst all of that. It's like a challenge for me every year like how well am I going to do? Am I going to have like physical reactions? Am I going to have like be crying a lot? Like what's going to happen this year? Like I've gotten to the point where I mean having my father as a narcissist I don't send and this feels terrible but I don't send him a Father's Day card. I don't send him a birthday card. I have absolutely no contact with him whatsoever. And it feels bad when I think about it, but I have to be really strict about our interactions because they can be so toxic and they're so detrimental to me. Um, for, so for like the past three or four years, there's just been no communication minus a letter I got just prior to Mother's Day and my mom's birthday, he sent me a letter for the first time in a very long time. And I want to share it with you guys on here. I think I'm I'm going to read the letter itself out. And this is just for you guys who have a covert narcissist, uh, maybe a religious narcissist in your life, someone who is not taking accountability for their own role in the relationship's deterioration. And um, just so you guys get a, maybe maybe feel a little bit validated. Maybe you're like, oh, I can totally relate to that. I, my 
narcissistic parent talks like that or whatever it may be. I'm going to share the letter and then I'm going to break it down um, just so that you can guys can see like how to be hyper observant in these um, interactions with a narcissist because they can be very sly and subtle with their words and we all know about the narcissist word salad and how they they're very passive aggressive and at times and I think that this letter is a perfect example of um, passive aggressiveness as well as kind of shifting the blame um, it's really interesting how he did it I mean it sucked for me to have to 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 read it. I was really upset, but it's been like two weeks. So I've calmed down and I've had a chance to be more analytical about it and maybe even find a way to, you know, laugh at it. Because at the end of the day, you, you gotta laugh because it's pretty ridiculous. Just the things that these people try to pull on you. Okay, so I may laugh through parts of this because as I'm reading it now, I'm very aware of how ridiculous it is and not quite so emotionally affected by it. So pardon me if I start laughing during reading this. So it starts out saying, two weeks ago, I shared the following with Ben and Nathaniel. Those are my brothers. In the book of 1 Corinthians, there is a chapter that speaks of the character attributes of a person who loves. And it states in it this way, Love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous, love does not brag, it is not arrogant, it does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own. This chapter continues on describing how a person who loves acts. But in an earlier chapter, it states that there is something that love does. We are told that love edifies. In an analogous way, this can be understood as preparing a healthy meal for someone. When we do this, okay, I'm sorry, but who writes a letter like this first off? Who starts out not saying like, hi, how are you doing? I hope that you're well. I haven't talked to you in three years. It's just a very strange letter. Okay, I'm going to continue. Um, so he goes on saying, when we do this, prepare a meal for someone. We desire as the outcome for the person to be strengthened and energized to go forward in good health. The focus of edification is on the well-being of another person and those who edify others do so having the character attributes of love. Interesting. So in this section, he's bringing up something physical that you can do for others. And it's something that is super basic, like making food for someone that's super basic. Um, and when you think about it in terms of a parent's relationship with a child, um, you should feed your child. That's, that's pretty important. Um, obviously, he doesn't have to feed me anymore because I'm a grown woman. But it's just interesting that this is the, the love act that he's fixated on in this beginning of this letter. Um, super, something that's super basic and um, something that I would say that he did occasionally growing up. But I mean, he was mostly gone, so I'm not really sure where he's going with this or why this is like so important to him for our first serious, I guess, communication in three years. Okay, let's continue. So he goes on to say, that was specifically what I wanted to share with your brothers. 
or review with them. Then in some dialogue that followed, I also shared some thoughts about forgiveness. Some time ago, I was talking with our neighbor, Kirk, because he and his wife have small children. I have a concern that I might back up into one of their children and cause an injury. We were conversing about forgiveness, and I said, if I injured one of your children's feet with my car, they could forgive me, but they may suffer with those complications for the rest of their lives. Forgiveness is a decision. (laughs) This is just, I'm laughing because I don't know what this has to do with me at all. But to continue with the letter, (laughs) um, he says, to not only hold another person accountable for a wrong that they have done and willingly to bear the consequences of their actions. We can forgive whether or not the offender shows any contrition. Ha, huh, this is interesting right here. As I have read and reread this letter, this part seems very key to me because it's almost like he's passive aggressively saying, you can forgive me even though I am not sorry. Of course, he's not actually saying that to me. He's using a story that has absolutely nothing to do with me and is bizarre to write to your daughter that you haven't talked to in three years, except that maybe it makes you look like a really good neighbor that's very concerned about his neighbor's kids. But, I mean, in terms of passive-aggressive ways of saying things, this was pretty slick. You gotta hand it to him. Hey, kid... You can forgive me, and I don't have to say that I'm sorry. You know, I've talked um, in previous episodes about the importance of forgiveness, and I still stand by that. Forgiveness is powerful. However, forgiveness does not mean that you have that person in your life anymore, because trust is an entirely different thing. But he goes on to say, We can, in love, edify even those who have who have caused our injury okay all right interesting thing to say dad he goes on to say again jesus is the epitome of edifying love i would actually agree with that but with god the forgiveness which comes in larger package that includes life through the holy spirit is received through the quote-unquote repentance towards god and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, end quote. And then he lists some verses, uh, John 17, Acts 20, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 Corinthians 13, Ephesians 1, and then he says, Joanna, on a personal note, which I find bizarre because if you're writing a letter to someone, wouldn't you think that it's a personal note to them? Unless the first part of the letter was specifically just to make him look like a nice neighbor and a nice dad. Not really sure on that, but it seems a little bit suspicious. Anyways, he says, Joanna, on a personal note, I love you. And I love your mom and Bethany and Ben and Nathaniel. Wow, I feel special. Um, I am too aware of my own weaknesses, much of which is in my difficulty in relationships. Nailed that one. But I want to press on, learn, change, and not give up. I want our family to be healthy, and I understand that love and forgiveness are essential. 
It's interesting that he says that he knows he has trouble in relationships, but I don't see where he says how he's working on fixing that. That's not something that is remarked upon at all. He says he wants to press on, learn, change, and not give up. Those are very vague things to say when you've had so much trouble in relationships over the years. And, you know, it seems like maybe you should have a better idea of what you're doing to change other than just, I want to change. You know, it's, it's very vague. And it's a huge red flag for me at the end when he says, I understand that love and forgiveness are essential. I think that if someone actually understood that they had done damage in relationship, that they wouldn't necessarily fixate so much on love and forgiveness as they would on assuming accountability for their own actions. When you're aware that you've done wrong and you are, you know, contrite or sorry, um, apologetic about that, you understand that accepting the role of of what you did, accepting that accountability is really important. And there's nothing in this letter that that hints or says anything about accountability, taking on responsibility for your actions other than, man, if I hit your your kids' feet, they'd have to live with that for the rest of their lives. And it, it seems like almost a, a parody or a, a, a similar take on on my own situation of, yeah, he did these things to me. He was really verbally, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, and physically abusive to me growing up. And I've had to live with the consequences. And no, it really doesn't seem like he's sorry. And I've had to move on. I've had to choose forgiveness through, even though he hasn't shown any any sadness or negative feelings about what he's done. He's just kind of moved on and expected everyone to just, I guess, get over it and just deal with how he treats people or just sweep it under the rug, which it seems like that's what the rest of my family is willing to do and has been willing to do all of these years. And I've continually said no. No, this is unacceptable. I do not accept this kind of behavior. This is not how I will be treated. And I am moving on. I also take notice of the fact that he can't just say that he loves me. He has to say that he loves all these other people in my family too. It, it can't just be a personal thing. And it it made me remember a time in my youth when I was asking him why he never said that he loved me. and And his response at that time was well, I'm definitely not going to say it now. My overall take on this entire letter is this is written by someone who wants to appear like they are a great person, but has no ability to love or be vulnerable or take accountability for their actions. He's got the whole quoting scripture thing down. Great. He's got the whole worrying about your fellow man thing down great. But when it comes to actually acting that out in in relationship and being someone whose actions match their words, it it doesn't it doesn't line up. I have to say that despite how much this was deeply wounding to me to have to read this after so many years, it was I have to say I am 
to an extent, grateful for this letter because there was a part of me that's like, man, it's been a few years. I wonder if anything's changed. I wonder if he's woken up to the fact that that he's perpetrated a lot of damage, that he's been really cruel to his children in so many ways. But this letter is is a great gauge, I guess, on where things are at. Obviously, it's not necessarily where I would like things to be at because, of course, I would like actually to have a healthy family who doesn't use everything against you and find ways to hurt you when they're close. I would like to have a safe place to fall. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But I'm once again awoken to what is reality. And as much as it hurts, I I have to find a way to accept it and make the best out of it and move forward in my own life. And I guess as I'm thinking about this, I'm realizing that communications like this, despite the pain, are essentially like report cards where you get to see like how well they're doing and if there's been any growth. And if there hasn't, then you can just, I mean, if you're no contact like I am, you can just continue that no contact because you know that nothing's changed and you don't have to wonder. So it is a blessing in disguise. And with that, that's all for this episode. And next week, I'm going to share with you guys about a conversation I had with my mom. I'm going to delve more into spiritual abuse again. And um, if that is something that interests you, then make sure to stay tuned for next week. Oh, 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 oh,